technology innovation and transformation. Today with Eric Wilsing, Vice President, Global Innovation at DB Schenker. Hi, Eric. Hi, Nadine. Great to be here. Eric is a proud father of two great children and a dedicated husband. He grew up in a family of log logisticians and is a lover, innovator and forward thinker of, respectively, for the industry. He's with DB Schenker for some time now and shapes the logistics of tomorrow. Eric, before we dive right in, I would like to start with a short Q&A session for our listeners to get an even better picture of who you are. Are you ready? Let's go. Great. What is your favorite app? My favorite app, I would say that the app that I'm most using the most is a WhatsApp and the second time maybe then LinkedIn. Yeah, social media is quite present for me. What is the most exciting trend not yet on the market? Uh, most exciting uh, tech, you mean? For example, yes. Um, I was at, uh, yeah, maybe teleportation might be an interesting one. So if that might be there, I really be, would be a big fan of this. So really using to bring, bring me from A to B, that would be absolutely awesome. <laughs> Which brands molded you since childhood? Oh my goodness, uh, brands since my childhood, I would say, so I grew up in the eastern part of Germany, so therefore that, there are not that many brands present for me. But uh, of course, when it comes to uh, brands right now, I would say, yeah, of course, it's become logistic, then of course, Schenker. That's, uh, let's say, my favorite brand. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> Obviously, absolutely. <laughs> and uh, of course, uh, Lego, I think, is one big one, and also Haribo. I think I really love these two. Ah, great. And what was your best brand experience so far and why? Um, my best brand experience? I would say really it's legal because uh, really it comes to creativity, it comes also to legal serious play and all this kind of let's say, building something and really being more to express what you're thinking all about. That's really fantastic with, uh, with Lego. So therefore, yep, that's a great setup. And I think they are the biggest uh, logistics company in parallel, also the biggest uh, wheel and tire producer globally. Oh. So I think uh, Lego is really a fantastic, <laughs> fantastic thing. Yeah. Didn't know that. Interesting. Would you say that you're a rule breaker? And if yes, give us a, an example. Somehow, yes, because I think when you're working in innovation, also with this kind of future mindset, sometimes you have to break the rules because if you're always sticking to everything what's up there right now, then you do not come to new experience and new, maybe new solutions. So therefore, sometimes you really have to challenge the status quo and then really bring up new things. And I've done that, let's say, my past years several times. And even when even when the board member was somehow skeptical if such a solution would be quite uh, okay or not okay and then sometimes said, let's really try it out and even prove and show the board that they may be might be on the wrong track and when you're working in such a big corporate like we do of course you have several governance and rules and uh, mm -hmm. processes that you have to follow but when you really want to change something then sometimes you have to let's say stretch a little bit um, the existing rules great eric Excited to dive a little bit deeper into that later on. Um, spontaneous answers, A or B. Are you a quick decision maker or a thorough overthinker? Uh, it depends. When, so when, I, when I'm under pressure, then I say fast one. If I have some time, I'm also taking the time to really think things through. But normally I would love to have an, a checkbox behind things. Therefore, fast is always good. <laughs> Book or Blinkist? Uh, Blinkist. Workaholic or nine to fiver? Sorry to say, but workaholic. Fashion addict or come as you are? I would say come as you are, and I really like to be really different than maybe other people. Trendsetter or wait and see adapter? Both. So I'm, I'd say I always have an eye on new technology, but I do not have to have this new technology for myself. 
thoroughly uh, screening, scouting, that is always fantastic, but not using everything for myself. Okay, and one thing you can't live without? My wife and my kids. <laughs> and logistics, as far as I understood. <laughs> yeah, but uh, if I have to decide, then of course my family. <laughs> always <good. laughs> Hopefully, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. And there's a lot on the move, so to speak, uh, in your industry right now. So, Eric, let's start with the Unleashed strategy of DB Schenker. And then with Unleashed strategy, I mean unleashing logistics for a future in motion. What's exactly behind that? Yeah, that's, let's say that's really that we want to make the best out of our, our company. We really want to be future ready. And we are now 151 year old company. So wow. a long time already. And we started, of course, in Vienna. But now it's already really about uh, to, as you can imagine, with such a long history, there are sometimes, uh, let's say, some new companies, new people, new developments, then you buy something maybe somewhere. And of course, all these things are, uh, let's say, sometimes slowing a company down. And now our big strategy with the Unleash is always to make the best out of our company, to really make things easier, to reduce maybe sometimes also some uh, some process steps that we can really have faster decisions on some topics. And because, yeah, 150 years old is quite old and we want to be there even for the next 150 years. So therefore, we're really focusing on what is, let's say, the time right now and what do we have to do right now to really uh, bring up our company into the position that we are listening to the market, listening to the customers. And yeah, because as you know, it's such a huge company with 76,000 people around the globe. You always need processes and uh, governances, but when you really need fast decisions, and that's nowadays absolutely crucial and important, you have to have an eye on your processes to make them as lean and as fast as possible. And that's all about Unleash, making things easier and faster. Click, ship, done, so to speak. So to speak. Click, ship, done, that's an uh, e-procure, an e-platform, a booking platform. And uh, because we want to make it as easy as possible for our customers as well. So that should be quite an easy way to, to send shipments via Schenker. And therefore that's an easy uh, booking platform where you can bring in your shipment from A to B and then such say, is it air freight, land transport, or, or, or ocean freight, or whatever? Or you're trying to find a space in a warehouse to, to store your things? That's then quite an easy platform. Bring your mini informations in. So the sender and the recipient, what is it all about? And then send it up. And then we are picking it up at your home or wherever, and then bring it to your customers. So that's this easy way to get an interaction because normally logistics was quite a for some people quite a black hole and so nobody really yes. understood what is logistics all about where to get a truck and how to to get all this uh, in, uh, insurance things and uh, all the customs and all these uh, things that are needed for logistics so we really want to make logistics as easy as handsome as user friendly as possible and this even in the b2b sector i love this approach it's quick convenience and i love the name click ship done i think it perfectly depicts what you stand for um, how does this unleash strategy, how does this approach, how does this quickness, effectiveness, this customer centricity, how does this affect your field of influence? Um, it affects us everywhere. And also when we're talking about innovation and new trends and new technologies mm -hmm. and new customer demands, that, that's uh, everywhere for everything. Really, it's all about speed. It's always to uh, bring the right people together. It's about the right ecosystems, the right suppliers, the right partners and really motivating them that we are all sitting in the same boat and want to look into the future together. So therefore, no company is, is uh, acting and working by themselves. We always need partners and suppliers and, uh, and even the right ones. And what we all learned over the last, uh, let's say, three, four years now with this pandemic situation and all these lockdowns, 
it's really that logistics is system relevant and most mm. people really want to know how we are dealing with this on a global scale and how to learn on that because before corona the best logistic was always the logistic that no one sees no one feels no one has a clue how we are really acting we just order something and then it was suddenly it was there but now in corona everybody understood logistic is really crucial also for the success of every industry and company and therefore really we won a lot of customer loyalty in the last years and that's something really connecting having this kind of open approach open thinking uh, working really in um, yeah ecosystems together and right. we recently launched this also something like in the open logistics foundation that's really something where we're also sitting together with competitors because mm -hmm. it's not all about Schenker. it's all about the logistics to bring the industry as a whole industry into the future and some topics that there is no let's say there is no benefit if just Schenker would use something if you really want to change something for the industry then the industry has to work together of course always in a compliant way but here we really open up open source software development together with competitors and that makes sense to speed up for all of us great great i like the dynamism which is behind all that and what do you say what role does brand and branding play within this context uh, brand and branding always make things easier and I think we as people we always love uh, to make things as easy as possible and uh, a brand is always a good indication what has let's say some success in the past so when you think about uh, sneakers then you maybe have uh, Adidas or maybe Nike in, in your mind or maybe Puma so there are some things to make life easier and you, you know what you're buying you know what you're getting and therefore brands and also when you're talking about Schenker when you're talking about DHL, Kuhnenagel, all the other companies then you know what these companies are standing for and also in nowadays, when we're talking about many, many startups out there, there are so many of them. They are popping up like mushrooms, but they also have a hard, a hard time right now because now it's really have to show that their business model might be also future proven. Mm -hmm. But that's something what we as a 150 years old um, um, company can also show. We have a track record. We have, a, let's say, we want to be there even in the next years. It's not a spontaneous thing that we thought about, okay, let's do logistics. No, we really love what we do and want to be there even in the next years. And therefore, brands always make things easier. And therefore, it's quite important to establish um, your company as a kind of a brand on the market to really show that is an, you don't have to think about and to negotiate every single nitty gritty uh, thing. No, you know exactly what you're getting. Yes, and I guess it's also a lot about trust and I guess logistics Absolutely. is about trust and you know what uh, DB Schenker stands for. So you trust all your items. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Trust, it's loyalty, in, insurance, uh, everything around that because transportation or logistics is not only transport from A to B. So there are lots of things that you can do left and right. What is always in the combination and logistics is way more than just transport. Always when you think about data, data security, all yeah. the AI things get, can, get, can really be a big uh, frighten up people. And so they really have to convince, show people that you're handling their data in a very secure and safe way, that you know what you're doing. Because in this uh, digital world where we are right now, everything and every company is connected with every company. And when there's somewhere, somewhere is might be a problem, then you have a problem everywhere. Therefore, cybersecurity is something where also a brand stands for that we really take that seriously and really take care about digitalization, cybersecurity, so always security first. And we would never accept something that's maybe against our uh, cybersecurity standards our, um, or our compliance rules. That's something what a brand stands for, that we really take all these kind of legal aspects and security aspects extremely serious. That's a very great point. And DB Schenker has clearly defined values. So what would you say, how do they shape your daily work? 
Uh, I would say a lot because I think these values are extremely present everywhere. So most of our branches and facilities, they sometimes print them on the wall. Just our values to take customers further, to really um, um, uh, walk the talk is also one value. So there are, I think we have six values and uh, that's quite present. Even when we are talking about individual targets, they're always connected with the values. So all our Schenker people really love them. And I think it's not, an, it's not rocket science because taking customers further seems to be that easy. But it's really something what we really want to do. Also, push limits is another one. So we really want to push the status quo because uh, tomorrow is always another day. And we have to prepare for another day. And all the fantastic results from the last years does not count tomorrow. You're learning from them. They're getting, giving you somehow the security. But uh, nevertheless, tomorrow is a new day. And uh, I think even Amazon has always this uh, every day is the first day. Uh, mm -hmm. approach and that's sometimes yeah. also the same for us we every day have to show and to convince that we are the right partner of choice because in the logistics industry even that we are one of the biggest logistics companies on the globe we're having such, such a small market share at all that of course there might be a lot of let's say substitutes and uh, other competitors who are just waiting that somebody is doing a mistake or getting somewhere a problem or and then the other takes over and that's something where logistics really needs trusted environment convincing environment and also in the end it's also people driven business because logistics is that in the end it's a service and it's really we are dispatching we are organizing we are uh, organizing transportation from a to b in the as fast as secure as accurate as possible in the in the way that the customer needs that and uh, therefore it's all about trust security and yeah giving the customer the good feeling and also the trust that we know exactly what we are doing mm -hmm. and talking about global innovation within such a large company how does this work how can we picture it a good one um, innovation is always a big word for many many things and when you're talking about innovation i'm always telling the people that uh, on my table all the things that are uh, might be new, so they are popping up on my desk. Everything that's not fitting to our current business model, to our current operation, um, that's uh, really then on in in our responsibility and in our responsibility of my team. And we always try to solve challenges. We tr we love to solve problems and demands. So when there are internal hurdles, problems, challenges. Um, maybe manual processes, something where we're really spending a lot of effort to solve something, then we are always coming in as a kind of an in-house consulting and really helping the, the colleagues to, to find a solution for that. But that's one thing, solving problems. But we also thinking, let's say two years, three years, four years uh, into the future, what are the upcoming trends? What are the upcoming technologies? What kind of technologies are out there? What's the impact then really for our industry, for our customers, for our um, colleagues and business operations. So therefore, it's always to establish all these kind of insights, bring this to the right people, helping people to understand that the market is changing and how to prepare for that. So therefore, innovation is somehow part of culture, part of HR, because we're also being a kind of, an, let's say, job motor and uh, mm -hmm. showing people that logistics is way more than only a transport. But also, we are a part of marketing, but also customer loyalty, because we also want to show customers that we really take the future topic quite um that's a quite an important thing for us we really want to be that we are there in the next years together with our customers and if we see something or a trend a technology that's maybe replacing one of our customers then of course we are contacting our customers helping them to understand what's what's going on there uh, showing them all the trends the, the effects and 
and maybe also finding plan B, plan C together with the customer. Because in the end, we are doing not logistics for ourselves. We always do logistics for for somebody or for companies. And that's really what we then really want to do. And the innovation is then really as showing the company what would be the best logistics company that we can be and then showing the way to that and to really make that happen. It's in front of cooperation with startups, helping with R&D, with scientific institutes, having this kind of trend survey. But innovation is also a lot of communication because and in the end, you have to bring all these insights, all this information, all these new technologies to the entire um, company, have to show people what to do, how to do, what might be the next thing. And also storytelling somehow as well, because in the end, you have to motivate people that tomorrow something might be different. And it's always yeah. a part of a change. Everything what we are bringing to the organization is new. It wasn't there before. So therefore, all new technologies, processes, whatever you're talking about, AR, maybe we are autonomous driving, heavy lifted cargo drones, all these crazy things that sometimes also frighten up people. And then you always have to explain also to your colleagues that that is not a threat. No, it's an opportunity. And then really bringing the right story and the right technology to the right people in the right moment. That's all what innovation is all about. Huh. That would be exactly my next question. What technologies are out there? And what um, technologies do you use within your processes? Oh, how much time do we have? Um, <laughs> <laughs> there are so many technologies. But uh, when you're talking about uh, logistics and uh, all the developments in logistics, when you're asking customers about it, the trends, technologies that they are demanding for, they always they say two, two and a half things that all our customers are bringing up. One thing is visibility, the next one is sustainability, and the third one might be automatization. But uh, let's say, let's start maybe with visibility, that's a big one. So IoT, uh, so this uh, Internet of Things, so mm -hmm. sensoric things, where is my shipment? So to get an easy way, a blinking point on the map, where is something? Mm -hmm. But also getting, let's say, the, um, the, the sensoric information like temperature, humidity, G-forces, vibrations. So when we are transporting healthcare products, semicon, solar, high-tech industry, then obviously this okay. temperature, humidity is a big one. Mm -hmm. And also the, the, the GPS coordinates, where is the shipment, when is the shipment, where estimated time of arrival, when will it be there, or maybe there's a delay. So all these kind of um, predictions, that is really crucial. And the customers love that, they're demanding for this. And I would say in some years, this kind of visibility will be standard for all products, for all shipments, even in the B2B sector. That's visibility, sustainability, of course, it's not only about reducing carbon footprint, but that is one of the biggest uh, challenges that the entire logistics industry have to do right now. So therefore getting rid of diesel or finding substitutes, uh, integrating um, electric trucks, hydrogen trucks, uh, LNG, HBO 100, so biofuels. So all of these things that are redu reducing the carbon footprint are extremely relevant. Uh, challenge for us, there's not enough technology available right now. There are not, um, so even when you're having uh, electric trucks, then the biggest challenge is then how to charge them. Because mm -hmm, yes. the infrastructure in Germany or in Europe is not really made for hundreds or thousands of trucks. Yeah. And uh, the price is not that nice right now. Mm. But uh, we as a company want to be CO2 neutral for everything that we are doing until 2040. So that's not that long in the future. Mm -mm. And the uh, biggest challenge is then also air freight, because air freight is the biggest uh, CO2 emitter that we are using. But of course, even our 2000 buildings, uh, all the 40,000 trucks that we're having in Europe every day on the road, and mm -hmm. also ocean freight, all these things has to be CO2 neutral. Mm -hmm. And uh, therefore, all the technologies that are is out there, we are testing that from 
electric things from hydrogen to biofuel to to gas, even underground um, transportation, even these kind of topics that might be relevant. Maybe in some years also airships, so satellites are coming back. If mm -hmm. there might be there, we, let's see if we are testing that. But that's one big, big topic that will be there for the next decades. And what we all as a whole society have to understand that will not be for the same price or with the same effect like we do it right now. Because if we all want to have the products uh, in two hours somewhere, then of course that has an impact to our environment. And that is something what even we as a private person have to understand. There are changes in the market and if we all want to reduce and want to, let's say, having a kind of a planet for our kids and uh, um, then we really have to change our behaviors. So therefore this sustainability one is also a lot of storytelling, a lot of integration, lots of, lots of testing, lots of new technologies. That is something what we really using and integrating as an industry. And mm -hmm. the third one maybe is really automatization, robotization, yeah. hardware-driven things, software-driven things. So automatization software is a kind of an AI and all these chatbots and uh, artificial mm -hmm. intelligence things. Huge impact also for dispatching and for giving recommendations and to be more creative, but also for the hardware-driven things or for the yeah, autonomous driving, for example, is a part of uh, AI and uh, automatization. We would really love to have also um, automated or autonomous trucks and cars already on the street. The law has already changed two years ago in Germany, but nobody really recognized that. So from the from the law aspect, we can drive directly today from Munich to Hamburg without a driver cabin, without a driver, legal-wise, mm -hmm. possible. Technology-wise, a challenge because you would need 5G everywhere. That's a challenge in Germany. But mm -hmm. we believe automatization, autonomization is coming because we're really running out of truck drivers. And therefore, it's not about that we want to get rid of all our truck drivers. That's absolutely not our target. We want to hire even more, but they are not there. And that's the, the reason why we have to concentrate and have to work on automatis, automatization and in the second step, autonomization, to really see what is what are the developments, what is possible on which tracks and routes can we really integrate this. And my expectation is already that we are talking in the year 27, 28, with the first trucks on German roads, that we are really having autonomous trucks in place. And that's, that's oh. the, the, the Champions League already, because uh, when we're talking about automatization, autonomization in the four walls, so in the terminals that's already existing on our yards, so in our, let's say, in the fence of our terminals, there are already some pilot projects where autonomous trucks or even remote trucks already working, but on the street, really in public transportation, public transport, that is then really then the Champions League. But even there, with all the AI developments of the last two, three years, there have been extremely fast and new technologies have been established. And therefore, when if you would have asked me two years ago about my expectation, when will be the first autonomous truck on German roads? I would, my guess would be 32, 33, something like that. But since last year, we all changed it maybe to 27, 28. So it's really coming faster than we all expected. Yes. Technology is coming. And uh, yeah, let's be curious what's all out there. But it will be also a big change even for the society because when the first 40 ton truck on German road is uh, coming without a driver cabin, then maybe people might get a little bit afraid out of that. So it's also about um, convincing, explaining, and even with autonomous cars or trucks, there will be accidents uh, as hard as it is, but there will be way, so even less accidents than we see right now. And that's something what we see, recognize, and um, 
Therefore, as an industry, we have to deal with these technologies, always have an eye on what is possible, what is, uh, where is a, a use case. And in the second step, of course, there must be a business case because in the end, somebody has to pay for that. And that's something what we also always trying to find out is now the right moment already for this technology? Is it possible to use it or do we even have to park that for maybe in some years? Do you also see threats coming with these new technologies? Of course, as I said, uh, convincing people, motivating people, and also not frighten up people that they believe that we want to get rid of all the people. That's never, never the target. We also, and there's also a learning from, from our side. We, we, I think we started our first pilot with an autonomous shuttle bus on a big yard some years ago. And that was something where even our um, employees loved it in the first step and also using the shuttle bus just some 100, I think five, 600 meters are not a big one. But uh, after some weeks, they were not using that. And then we asked them, okay, why are you not using this shuttle bus? Because it's helping you. And said, yeah, but when you're using here this autonomous bus already on the street, then you may be using then autonomous uh, robots in the warehouse and then you will replace us. So we don't like that. So, <laughs> okay, maybe we really missed to explain the story behind and to really explain it. It's not about reducing people or firing people, absolutely not. It's about helping, supporting, having this kind of man and machine and human interaction. That's all about for the next years to come. And that's what's really something what you have to, where you have to take your people with for sure. Yeah. For sure, for sure. So, what would you say? What is your most favorite strategic tool within your innovation processes? Oh, there are there are many. Of course, when you want to make it as easy as possible, it's all about uh, maybe a SWOT or a Porter's Five mm -hmm. Forces. I also like scenario-based future foresight. So all the topics when you when you are acting and thinking in scenarios. There's also I don't know if you know the ketchup scenario. I always like that one. No? The ketchup scenario when you have a ketchup bottle and you're. Uh, clapping on the back of the bottle and you never know when the ketchup is coming but when the ketchup is coming then it will be a big one and uh, suddenly everywhere <laughs> so that's uh, the ketchup scenario i like that <laughs> so you never know when but you know so for example autonomous driving that might be a ketchup scenario because um you never know when that will be there but when it will be there and that will have a huge it will be huge and everywhere so it's absolutely clear that that topic, that technology will be there in the next years to come. I like that. How do you integrate Agile in your daily work? Uh, also differently. So we as innovation department, we always uh, work with different teams with, on different topics around the globe with different um, possibilities, technologies, time zones. So therefore, um, Agility is always having a clear setup, a clear timeline, a clear um, what to do first. And also Agile always helps to to do not work, to that we are not working half a year on a topic and then suddenly got the information, oh, that was not what I was expecting. So then really getting always this kind of customer feedback, having kind of sprints for everything what we do, that always helps to really see if you're on the right track. And sometimes we also stop them things. And therefore, we in all the teams and all the, the interdisciplinary teams that we are setting up for a new topic, we always have a kind of a sprint methodology that we're really having minimum once a week at check-in that we are having um, with our steering committees then in a frequent base always uh, the status quo update are we still on the right track getting the, all this customer feedback and also then changing the plan when the plan is not on the right right way so therefore mm -hmm. agility really gives you this kind of uh, flexibility and uh, to really prioritize on the right things mm -hmm. in the end it's about collaboration it's all about yeah. communication and yeah. uh, motivation at all for all the team members 
Yes, so true, Eric. Last questions. What was your boldest decision so far and do you regret it? Privately or company-wise? Oh, well, as well as. <laughs> <laughs> I would say um, boldest decision privately, of course, uh, getting married and getting kids. But I think that's never what I've never regret. That's absolutely fantastic. I really love that. But maybe job-wise, it's always hard when you have to fire people. So when you yeah. really have to get rid of people, maybe even friends, and I've done that already. And it's not something that you really love to do, but on a certain moments you really have to explain it. And even with these people where I had to get rid of, uh, I'm still in good contact. And that's, I think, even when there are hard decisions, make it as, um, as let's say, social, as yes. communicative as possible, because it's mostly never a person-driven decision when you have to go through this. But then also even there, you have to explain. There's, the world is huge. But even in logistics, you always see each other twice. You never know where such a person is ending up. Maybe in the mm -hmm. next step is on the customer side. And then you, it's hopefully you have uh, had a good, <laughs> let's say, goodbye. So therefore, treating people in a fair way, even in hard times, is one of my, let's say, behaviors. And also this kind of um, emotional leadership is something that I really love to do. Because like we say in Germany, how we are... Um, um, shouting into the forest it's coming back from the forest yes <laughs> and um, that's even when you're treating with people that's absolutely the same and therefore these are hard decisions but sometimes uh, you have to do that what still needs to be invented um as said in the beginning so i would really love to have teleportation even that would be the, let's say the the horror scenario for logistics people because then our business model is completely gone we run out of business <laughs> absolutely maybe we are doing then spare part logistics for beaming stations but then we need something new but uh, i think there we still have some time but by the way in the cern in, the, in switzerland in this uh, scientific institute they know already how to do it so from the theory it's already somehow developed really? but it's more an analyzing of atoms generating a copy and destroying than the old one so that, not that good for people but uh, maybe but, you, but you're still losing your origin your originality <laughs> True, but uh, it really costs a lot of energy. And I think uh, to just to transport something like this, maybe the size of an egg, you need a whole energy from the whole European Union for the next 50 years, just once, just to bring no. one piece from A to B. So therefore we still have time. The question is always, what do we do in the meantime? But uh, let's say what is still has to be invented, I would really love to have a time machine to really travel back and also into the future because I'm a future oriented guy. And uh, of course, I'm extremely curious about what will be in the next 100, 1000 years. What will be there? How will the change, uh, what, what, what uh, the, the world look like? Uh, how are my kids are growing up? What kind of things are they are doing then? What is important for them? What kind of values do they live? And uh, hopefully we all as a whole society getting, let's say, the turn to have really a sustainable CO2 friendly um, yeah, world. We still have the chance to do that, but it will be a challenge. And uh, maybe then really when we have this time machine, I think and I hope and I believe there will be a way to travel to other uh, planets and really into the space. That would be a fantastic possibility also for myself to really explore this kind of uh, traveling to other planets. Right now, it's of course somehow possible, but not my my budget. So therefore, <laughs> there are different things. But yeah, therefore... But DB Schenker will make it possible for all of us. Uh, space and logistics is absolutely one trend and they're already first come, uh, first um, uh, conference is really acting on uh, space and logistics. And uh, yeah, I think that is also a topic that will come faster than we all expect. It's even this year, so maybe in April, there will be the first rocket from the North Sea. So from the, really from Germany, 
there will be the first rockets into the space also from i think ireland and norway all these uh, european countries now sending small satellites into the space oh. and this technology is, is growing extremely there are so many satellite companies out there and even elon musk with his uh, big rockets what he is um, planning to to send to the space and to other planets it is a rocket that can land again and that's also then fantastic because when the rocket can land then you can also transport tons of material to the other side of the earth quite fast by just yeah. using the space okay carbon footprint not that good for rockets right now but maybe even for that they will find a solution so therefore yep space is a topic that where we all have to have an eye on and i think even this year 24 many new developments are going into this direction the nasa japan so japan mm -hmm. all these countries and the institutions um, developing extremely fast on that and elon musk and also blue origin um, they're all working on crazy things and uh, we only know the things that are published somewhere in the media i think behind the scene there are even more already there it's only the tip of the iceberg eric it was so good talking to you there's so many questions I would like to ask you, but we're running out of time, so we need to schedule another podcast, <laughs> I guess. We do also. <laughs> Great. So far, so good, dear listeners. Stay tuned for the next bite. And in the meantime, feel free to like, share, and above all, follow up on Spotify, Amazon, Apple Music, LinkedIn, Insta, Facebook, and WhatsApp. Here's Marketplace. Bye-bye.